Hello and welcome to the True Blue LA podcast. I'm Jacob Birch. I have Eric, who has a monopoly on amazing puns. Oh, uh, I think it's wrong that only one company makes the game Monopoly. That's one of the best jokes ever uh, by Stephen Wright. Not the knuckleball pitcher. I'm not the. It was a knuckleball pitcher. Not the pitcher for the Red Sox. Right. We don't know. Yeah. He might might have been comedian oh, uh, Stephen Wright might have been a knuckleballer. We don't know that. That's true. That's true. People have hobbies, Eric. Yeah. So you you d- uh, intro this what we're going to be talking about a little bit before before the commercial break. We talked last week about like, hey, let's find a way to kill time. I played a dice game the week before with my cousin and her family over Zoom, and um, this last week I played uh, Monopoly with uh, one of my oldest uh, friends and his family and uh, got completely worked by a nine-year-old, which was awesome. Um, but the, the board I used, I, I pulled out an old Dodger Monopoly board that was apparently made in 2000, and there's like so many things that are just like a tad off about this that are just weird that I thought we should discuss the Monopoly board this week on the podcast. We've got nothing else to talk about, so that sounds great to me. And then we have a Dodger Rewind, and you have, uh, no, you have the Dodger Rewind. We have the questions from Craig. We're going to answer all of those after this. My first question is, did you use Real Rules Monopoly? Um, I mean, for the most part, um, we also we also use, we, we use free parking. Um, however, in this case... Um, it's evolved over the years. My friend Scott, who I've known since kindergarten, um, we used to play with 500 free parking, you know, and just refill it every time. Now we're down to 200, so it's not as game changing. Uh, it, in do you, do you not put all fees into the free parking? We we, we put is, all fees. In, oh well, then it's then it's all sorts of but stuff. Anyway, but do you and, do and, you have to auc- do you go into the auction if no one picks up the place? Oh. That we don't. Means. We don't. We're not that. We're not strict constructionists. So, in so you're. Regards. So you're not playing real rules monopoly. Got it. Sure. I guess. Yeah. If you, I mean, we don't. We don't play with a stick up our asses. They've it's got it's way more fun to play with the auction. I'll have you know, uh, sir. We we also allow people to buy on their first time around the board. Um, and and if you land on go, you get four hundred instead of two hundred. So suck yeah. it. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I played. It was uh, me, my friend Scott, his wife, and uh, his oldest daughter, who was nine. And we actually had a good run. Uh, like, you know, everyone was kind of doing well. Everyone, like, reasonable, within a reasonable amount of time got a monopoly. And then uh, I was doing pretty well. I ended up with three railroads early. And I ended up uh, finagling the fourth later. Um, so I was holding on pretty well. And then um, Scott's daughter, um, she had the oranges and just... This one like brutal set of turns. Um, she cleaned her dad out by him landing on uh, the equivalent of St. James and New York in a, in a single turn, where he landed on one and then got a three. Um, and then I did the same thing with it like two turns later. <laughs> and he had hotels on all of them, so like it was just like boom, 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 boom. Like and it was it was it was wonderful. She was and she was gloating. It was and it was awesome. So we loved it. So I, I'm sure you have a lot of specific things you want to talk about the board in general. Um, my only, my first yeah. thought of it, this is a lazy, lazy Monopoly edition. Yes. Have you played other, like other, so the, we should note, it is an official Monopoly edition. This isn't Dodgersopoly where they right. can kind of skirt the rules a little bit. This is a an official one from Parker Brothers, but it's, 
my the one I played a lot as a kid was the fir- first or second Star Wars edition, mm-hmm. and that is a quality board. Um, uh, to me, the main thing is the in the Star Wars edition, you are buying thing, you're buying places. It, you know, the Coruscant Castle yes. and uh, Dagob- Yoda Swamp and Dagobah. So you can still kind of feel like a, a real estate swindler, whereas here it's like people and championships. Right. Was someone noted like uh, I didn't and I didn't even catch this. I, I was more concerned with like some of the players who are or aren't on here. And uh, <laughs> you can't but put a was hotel like, on Don Drysdale, Eric. Yeah, they're like it's weird, you know. And for and Jackie Robinson is boardwalk to get that. And someone mm-hmm. was like. You know, it's weird. You could just buy and sell people in this game, right? And I was like, "Oh yeah," <laughs> and I wasn't even thinking of that part of it. But you're right. Um, so, and I, I was giving you a hard time about being a strict monopoly constructionist, but uh, at the same time, I, for the most part, hate like every other monopoly edition than the regular. Uh, it's just it just so happened that I don't I happen to not have a regular monopoly edition. Uh, and I, I was going to order one just to correct this obvious error, but it's just like, I live by myself. I haven't really played a lot, um, in the last like 20 years probably. Um, and so I happened to have this old edition that was a gift a while ago. And so it was the only one I had in the house. So I pull it out and I it, like, I had, I don't think I ever played this and it's from 2000. I don't, I'm not sure when I got it, it was maybe like 2006 or seven or something like that. But um, yeah, it just it was like in a cupboard, and uh, I was like, "Oh yeah, I have that." And so, uh, yeah, it's weird. Um, but I remember um, the thing that turned me off. I think I had some version of a Star Wars Monopoly, or maybe my cousin had it, and I played. I was the uh, I was turned off because the way they named the deeds, it didn't stick to like the format of like regular Monopoly, um, where I think if I remember right in like say you're in the reds right and instead of saying like kentucky avenue all three reds or whatever the equivalent of that was it would say like coruscant and mm-hmm. instead of that being like the something to differentiate it from the other two reds and so i just remember like going well i'm out i i'm I, I mentally checked out i was done with it um but yeah for the most part like this is a very standard game the um chance in this game is uh, a road uh, Dodgers jersey, and community chest is a home Dodgers jersey. Uh, so, but, but it's, it's all the same Brooklyn. Right. That, that's another thing they do. They do a decent job of like splitting. Se- there's splitting sections in here, but although technically there's only one. No, there's two Brooklyn sections. No, the one Brooklyn section, and then Jackie Robinson sort of by himself. So yeah, it is weird how they sort of did this. Um, but yeah, any did it, anything like stand out to you other than that? The, the 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 fact that most of it was players. I think Vin Scully at, wedged between the two stadiums is weird. Yeah. Okay, so I, I will get into that. So it's generally the way they generally did it is every every like sort of property grouping has a theme, and like you said, most of these are players. Uh, 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 so Vince Scully is in the yellows and the, I, it sort of makes sense on this because the utilities in this game um, uh, are uh, electric company is, is radio and to, to give you an idea of how dated this game is um, it's the Dodgers radio affiliates that are featured on this game are extra, a, extra sports 1150 AM 
and KWKW1330. Um, and then in, that's in the purples. But then um, Waterworks in the yellows is just, quote, unquote, television. And it's Fox Sports Net 2 and uh, KTLA 5. So KTLA's in that section. And then oh, they it's like, oh, well, we have to have the stadiums in here. Let's just throw them in there, you know, like that. So that that's the one that sort of doesn't fit. Um, the um, the first row light blues are minor league affiliates, which at the time included San Bernardino. Man, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and San Antonio is double A, and Albert, they're all gone now. Albuquerque triple A. So um, and then the the one other thing that was sort of different is uh, the uh, the purples or the light purples um, in row two. Um, our World Series wins, and so <laughs> it's weird too because you you mentioned like deep you're not actually buying the team you're buying the World Series win which is like it's like almost like a naming right that you're buying in like the 1988 World Series brought to you by the, I don't know but like that's kind of weird but yeah for the most part it's players um, I was almost hoping for more like cheesy advertisements. Yeah. Like, where's the Farmer John Square? That's I was just going to say, know. yeah, I think that's another thing. They probably couldn't, that's less under their control, you know? Like, I, I than, get it, but... Uh. But no, but the same reason, like, why is it Farmer John sponsoring guys? Farmer John is messing up a lot, is what we're getting at here. Mm-hmm. They've had they've been so, invited to sponsor this show for almost a decade at this point, so... Oh, yeah, and then uh, they got a little creative with the uh, railroads, um, I'll just take you around, starting with uh, the equivalent of Reading, uh, which, as a kid, I, I pronounced it Reading. Um, but um, it's the that railroad is Stadium Club. Uh, it's parts of Dodger Stadium. So, and then the next one is Dugout Club, and then Diamond Vision, and then Stadium Suite. Um, so those are the railroads. A little weird. And but you know another thing where they could have got creative is the four corner boards are the same as a normal Monopoly board. Mm-hmm. Like, and people, a lot of people, when I tweeted out pictures of this on Saturday, they were <laughs> saying, ha, 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 Dodgers free, free parking. parking. And yeah. then they're making, they're making McCourt jokes. And I was like, this is technically before McCourt. Uh, this was the Fox ownership. But like, yeah, they could have done something where go to jail could be like um, um, an umpire ejecting you. And then jail could be like the clubhouse or something. You know, sure. Like they could have done that, right? And then um, go could have been home plate. Like what, that would have been cool. Like what were the pieces? Oh, um, I don't have them in front of me, but uh, just a few like baseball things. I I believe I was the catcher's mask on my own board. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there was a cleat. I and I, I don't have it in front of me, but yeah, just a, a few like little baseball things. But like it was funny because I was I was playing over Zoom, so I was only like having my board like as a as a proxy for the main board because they had so were you rolling your dice and they took your word for it or yeah I was but I and I but I was honest because like I well I got to the point especially at the end it's like I kept landing on stuff to pay rent and it's like oh I'm not lying I'm I'm like here's my here's my money and so I had my bank and I would just like take money I'd mm-hmm. pay money in or out to the bank and then they would have it appropriately are, are you aware the... of one of the main strategies in competitive monopoly and near the end uh, uh, oh what what is it um I, you're trying at the end you are trying to go to jail oh, oh because and it, and that, just that's three rolls you can't pay anything yeah 
Yeah. So Although technically, go. well, you, the third roll you're supposed to go out on. Right, but that's three rolls it, where you're not. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. I get it. But then, like, that always, like, I've done that before, but I and I ended up hating it. <laughs> and then, but, like, it all, I, it's like tanking for the, you know, for a draft or something, you know, and mostly in other sports, baseball. It's not the process, so much, Eric, like, and it works. Right. So. But, like, I, I always, I root for those people to get, like, double fours and having, having to pay a lot of rent on the oranges. But, yeah, and um, so... But the first thing that that stood out to me, um, I believe, oh yeah, I was the, I was the iron on the regular board on the at their house, and I and I explained to them, which uh, Scott's daughter appreciated. I said it's because I'm going to iron out the victory, uh-huh. and uh, but but yeah, it didn't work out that way. It turns out, but I did get second place. So. Well, there you go. Um, but the main thing that stood out to me, I'm looking at the board. I was like, wait a minute, where the hell is Sandy Koufax? Right, <laughs> and, and like. They have like all sorts of legends. Um, I'll work backwards here, starting from Boardwalk back. Jackie Robinson and Fernando are Boardwalk and Park Place. Like you, you could argue, like it, maybe Fernando's too high. I get it though, right? Like it's the same argument. Like he should have his number retired, even though he's not a Hall of Famer, because of like his. Well, a he was great, but also his like cultural impact is like mm-hmm. a lot. It is a lot of his value in, in in many ways, even though he was also very good, like in his peak. So I'm not, I'm not arguing that part, but I, I was I was I, like oh, I think uh, it Jackie and Ven is where right, that would have been a good spot for Ben, right? Or or like let's say if say Sandy Koufax is in the game, right? Uh, the, <laughs> we, Clayton Kershaw, for our intense purposes, does not exist in this universe uh, in 2000. I mean, he did. He might have been playing this. Yeah, and so and beating you, right? And, and right, exactly. And, and so go to the greens, and they they sort of um, these are L.A. Uh, a, a good amount of L.A. Dodgers. That's uh, Lasorda, Drysdale, and Garvey. Now I get Garvey was more like the most popular Dodger in the seventies, and I'm not arguing that. But if we're going like the same rules that like apply to um, when the Dodgers. Uh, like retired numbers, it's like, well, you got to be a Hall of Famer. Like, Don, if you're it, like, let's assume for a second, uh, exclude Koufax here. Like, that's a Sutton spot, right? That you could do. But I get it. Garvey was a bigger star. Um, so that's that's fine. Then we talked about the yellows earlier. Getting back to the players over in the Reds, that's the Bro- uh, Brooklyn section Duke Snyder, Pee Wee Reese, Roy Campanelle, all three Hall of Famers. Hard to argue there. Like, um, I guess you could make an argument they like they might have been better suited as in the green as as more valuable than the other than the group that's there <laughs> but like whatever but then the, the orange is where it gets a little weird um not weird but you have uh uh Kirk Gibson, Oral Hershiser and Eric Karos. Hmm. The which is my other thing. Where the hell is Mike Piazza on here? <laughs> And so again, this was like On 2000, <laughs> right? Right, exactly. And so not only that, but it's like they—that means if this was copyright 2000, maybe the idea was like germ, like germinating in like 1999, and that's basically like uh, wound of Piazza leaving is still fresh. And at the and then also it's like, well, they traded him because uh, you know they, he wasn't going to resign and he was being obstinate in like negotiations so like he forced his way out you know whatever that's the the party line or whatever so and you can see like the fox ownership just a just a you know bad uh bad experience i think them owning the dodgers and then 
oh, how could it get any worse? Like, oh, wait. And then we saw later. But, like, um, you could see where they're, they're probably holding a grudge. I don't remember. Um, I know at some point, like, Sandy Koufax came back to the Dodgers. But he was, like, you know, he's been a fixture, like, at spring training the last, like, decade or so, just on and off. Like, he'll come visit and he'll be at games and stuff. Like, there's, like, an olive branch and it's, things are open to him now. I think – I, I don't remember this to be sure, but I I'm, I think this might have been in the era where like he was like on the outs with them, uh, just either they did something to make him mad or um, just they were just incompetent owners, <laughs> and so and like sort of messed that relationship up. So maybe that was the thinking behind this. Like also, are the do the players get paid as part of like a licensing thing in this? Maybe Kopex was like, I don't want my I don't want my name on the you know, or something. I have no idea if that's the case, but um, those are like like big omissions. And also, if we're getting into this, like, look, I, I get that Karras eventually uh, broke Ron Say's record, and Ron Say's not out here either. But uh, for he has the most home runs by an LA Dodger, um, and so like I get it. But like honestly, like if if we're getting if we're gonna quibble here. Oral is my guy as the most expensive property in the oranges in that, if, if that's the case, if these are the three players and I get why he's over over Gibson, um, Karros is over Gibson because like Gibson's only here three years and injured the last two, obviously his impact was huge, but like, I get it. Give him a spot on the board. Doesn't have to be like a, a huge spot, but that's a little weird. Um, the rest is pretty, like, you know, pretty self-explanatory. Like, the, the championships they chose were 55, which was the first one, 88, which is the most recent one, and 63. They, I mean, they have they have six championships, so they chose half. And I would say those are like the three probably iconic 63 because it was a sweep of the Yankees and the and like just sort of like a, you know, they they beat the Yankees in 55 too, but I think like that that series was like probably them at their best, like in at least in October. And it just the fact that they were able to sort of exercise the demons again after losing all those World Series to the Yankees, I get it. So when um, really have, yeah, when the Dodgers win again, are you going to sharpie this board, edit out sixty three or something? Oh, there you go. Yeah, I think yeah. So we could do like yeah, or two thousand twenty one, the next season they play. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> speaking of that, so today uh, a bunch of the SB Nation sites had like. Uh, sort of the best team to not win a championship um, of that franchise. And so I wrote something for the Angels. I picked the 82 team over 86 and 2014 for them. And then for the Dodgers, sort of, I, there was a, I was going back and forth, but I ended up choosing 2017, mm-hmm. uh, mostly uh, not because it's fresh, but uh, because it has like a, a better story around it. And I was sort of going playing to that. But like uh, you know, 1974 could have done it. Even like 2019 could have done it because they, in many ways, were better than um, 2017. But just given what like the Astros stuff and the fact that that's fresh-ish, like uh, if that was that's what I chose. But I yeah, I was thinking like um, someone mentioned after I posted this, like, well, you could have chosen 2020, and I was like. Oh yeah, like <laughs> I, you know, like I, and like you know, obviously we're not at that point yet, but like that's obviously in the back of folks' minds. And I was like, oh yeah, what if we don't have a baseball season? That's kind of sucks. But like, 
Yeah, so I, I thought that would have been a fun, uh, not a fun article, maybe, to write, but like, um, yeah, that, that's that's very weird. But yeah. Well, what 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 are the purples? Did we talk cover? Oh, we cut, kind of covered oh, the grays. Yeah. I'm right? sorry. The first two uh, are um, uh, Campbell Las Palmas um, and Dodger Town. Poor Which Dodger at the, at the time they only had Dodger Town. They, yeah. they hadn't even thought of moving to Arizona yet. So, well, thank you for covering. <laughs> it's as much as close to Dodger baseball as you'll get, right? That's right. It's a fun game. It's it's the board is still going to be sitting out on my. I don't table. know if it's a fun game. Have you ever like looked game. at its ranking on Board Game Geek? It's like seventh to last, I think. No, but I it like I don't play a ton of board games. I play a lot of card games and stuff with family, but uh, uh, I I don't. We used to play that all the time, me and my friends, um, especially with Scott. So like, I think we're gonna do like a running thing where we play some games. So I, I, I'm I'm excited to like get back into Monopoly, become professional. That's right. There we go. They they, they could cover that on ESPN. Professional Ooh, Zoom remote Monopoly. <laughs> Coming to you live from Marvin <laughs> World Garden. Series of Monopoly. Yeah. yeah. Well, so like it. Uh, you forgot a trivia question before our break, but yeah. I have one. I'm, I'm ready. So there is an official Simpsons Monopoly board, and I would like you to, you <laughs> okay. to tell me what our boardwalk and park place on the Simpsons Monopoly board. Okay. So you think about that, and we'll be back after this. What are the equivalents of boardwalk and park place on the Simpsons Monopoly board? I will give you one hint, which is that yep. unlike the Dodgers board, they are actually places. I think there okay, are I was... pieces. I think there are uh, spots on the board that are characters, but, are but in this case, they are both places. Um, okay, so I was thinking that from the jump, so I'm glad you said that because it would have been weird if I was like, just go all in and you're like, no, it's Marge. You know, like, oh, uh, Okay, so I I I don't know which is which, but I'm I'm just well I'll I'll guess which is which. So I think uh, I'm gonna go Quickie Mart, Boardwalk, Moe's, Park Place. Oh no, man! What are you talking about? But Ron on both. Uh, I think they went more for equivalent prestige in universe as opposed to um, ubiquity within Iconic, the show. Yeah. So Boardwalk is uh, Burns Manor. Oh, okay. And Park Place yeah. is the Springfield Glen Country Club. Oh, man. I, see, I don't think I would have remembered that the country club was called Springfield Glen. <laughs> so, wow. That's okay. That's good. I like that. So, yeah, good call. I didn't think about it in that way. So you have a Dodgers rewind for us? We need to do. Should we at, should we start buggering uh, editor Brian for a Dodgers rewind theme song? And if is so, it, are you it... just going to demand it be Randy Newman, a <laughs> <laughs> poor Randy Newman? No, no, no. I would <laughs> or like something like a um, like a cassette tape, the sound of a cassette tape, like <laughs> spooling or whatever. I don't know. No. Um, oh yeah. So this week. Uh, you know, we're doing the weekly uh, things again, so a lot of it is just like, hey, if something, <laughs> see the shiny object, and that's what makes me think of whatever. Um, I think uh, this week uh, on NPR's Only a Game um, podcast, they talked to Scott Radinsky, uh, former Major League pitcher and also 
a punk rocker. He's been in a band like longer than he's actually played been in baseball. He's been he coaches a lot too. But that was a very interesting like article and interview about him. Uh, so I just did some digging on him just from his time with the Dodgers. He was with them for three years. But I just thought it was funny. So an LA Times article in 1998, the headline was "The Pitcher Is a Punk Rocker," which is like a cool ass headline. Um, and the, the theme I got from this is kind of consistent throughout in both way back then and then also to now. He's a local kid from Simi Valley. Um, that's he was drafted by the White Sox um, uh, way back when. And um, so in that article in 1988, they were asking him about like. You know, what does he like better, um, you know, being in a band or pitching? And he said, there's no way I'd ever choose. I'd dig them both. And I, I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, in 1998, also, a um, there was like a high school player. I looked him up. He actually didn't get drafted, so I'm not sure how um, renowned he was. But this kid was like doing the same thing where he was like trying to balance between music and baseball. He sent a letter and didn't see, like, responded to him. They did a story on it. And <clears throat> I just uh, I just want to point out what Radinsky said. This is a quote from the LA Times article from Radinsky's letter. I guess I've been in the same boat for at least 15 years since I discovered punk rock, rebelling against everything. I was kicked off my high school team as a sophomore for an attitude problem. I wasn't a jock, and there wasn't enough room for someone different. So at 16, I gave up the whole sports thing and took, to my, took my music 100% touring the U.S. and Canada. I think he, if I remember right, he didn't, he was probably tour like in the summers in like 17 and 18, but that's like incredible, first of all, like, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, and then doing it, and from what I read from his baseball career, he was a a player, and then like his coach, I can't remember if he asked his coach or his coach asked him to like try pitching, and then he threw like a complete game, and they're like, you're a pitcher, and then, then it sort of took off from there. Um, so I looked in, in 2016 in uh, LA Weekly that he mentioned this. Um, I don't think some of the guys in Pulley, this was his band, realized that I was on an eight-month tour playing and coaching baseball every day from February to October. Then I'd come home, and a couple weeks later, we'd go out on a three-week European tour playing a gig every single day. So, man, talk about, like, a life on the road. That's like Scott Radinsky. You know, his off-season was, like, more traveling and, like, in like nightly gigs. So that I thought that was funny. Uh, so Ken Griffey Jr. was one for 16 in Radinsky in his career with seven strikeouts. And he mentioned something like, uh, I'll get to his quote in a second, but I looked it up uh, against uh, batters with at least 10 plate defenses against Radinsky. The only OPS worse than Griffey's was Daryl Hamilton, who was one for 12. Um, but so Radinsky was asked about this in this NPR thing. And he said, uh, it probably doesn't get any better than that, huh? You know, to hear from one of the greatest hitters of my era. Uh, that's a pretty good compliment. That makes me feel like I did something right. So I thought that was cool. Um, he pitched 11 seasons in the uh, in the big leagues, three with the Dodgers, 96 to 98. Um, he had a 2.65 ERA in 176 innings with them. Is 1.49 ERA plus, so very good. And I will get to that in a second. Uh, left-handed batters, he was a lefty pitcher. Uh, they hit 233, 275, 347. Uh, his 622 OPS ranked 22nd in the majors during his time with the Dodgers. Randy Johnson had a comparable uh, OPS, 607 against against lefties for comparison. So he was like excellent um, in his role. He coached in the minors forever. His last like major league job that I can see is uh, Angels bullpen coach from 2016 to 2018. He worked a little with USA Baseball recently. My question for you, uh, Radinsky. 
His 149 ERA plus is 10th all time in Dodgers history, minimum 100 pitches. My uh, question to you how many non Kershaw left handers ahead of him can you name? So I'm not going to try very hard, but I came up with two names I wanted to give a shot on. Yep. Sandy Koufax. Say that again. You didn't come through. Oh, no. No Sandy Koufax. <laughs> Those early he's... bonus baby years really screw me up. <laughs> well, also, like his career, uh, I, I'm looking it up as we speak. I think he's like 130-something, maybe. Uh, just And part of it is those early, those um, 31 for his career. So, not yeah, not quite there. Uh, my ahead, my yeah. next guess is Joe Bimel. Joe Bimel is close. He's 145. He's 14th. <laughs> uh, uh, so those are my two big guesses. I, I did, after admitting defeat, Google myself, J.P. Howell, who is 148. Yes, <laughs> exactly. He's 11. Uh, so Kershaw is sixth all-time in Dodgers history. Uh, Takashi Saito, of course, is number one. Oh, 227. I really... oh, he's righty. I, I'm doing him on the whole list. Oh, okay. okay. But, I was uh, like, so, wait but, a minute. How could I forget he was a lefty? I, I did so it. The, I was right. An, an, another J. Howell without the P is third, 170. He's a righty. Um, but the, the highest left-handed OPS plus is Larry French, who pitched in 1941 and 42, uh, 168 uh, ERA plus. So he's fourth. Kenley is wedged in between French and Kershaw. Uh, I'm shocked by this, actually. Josh Fields has a 155 ERA plus as a Dodger. There's a th- uh, JP Howell is in the same spot where I there are a few yeah. random pitchers I know of the recent era that like you for they had bad spurts and because of that you forgot how good the good spurts were. Yeah, exactly. And Grinky is is seventh, uh, but the other left-hander ahead of him is he besides French and Kershaw is Steve Howe at an even 150 in a decent amount of innings, 328 and two-thirds. He pitched for six years for them until he sort of uh, uh, drugs kind of took over and uh, got him out of baseball. So that's it for uh, Scott Radinsky. Uh, pretty nice. It's a fun, like, sort of career. Like, he sounds very happy, like, balancing both worlds and seems like a cool dude. And now it is time for... With Jeans and Greg. We love them. Five questions from True Blue LA contributor and friend of Jacob and Eric, Craig Manami. We love it. Sorry. My timing remains off. Question A. First question. Jacob, I'm going to start a semi-regular Simpsons question for you. I'm on board. This week's question is, what is your best Phil Hartman guest appearance? (laughs) My pick is a fish called Selma. But an argument could be made for Marge versus the monorail. Uh, I agree with Craig. <laughs> I, wish I, I thought about this. I'm like, oh, how can I disagree and come up with a better one? But I don't think it gets better than uh, uh, Fish Called Selma, which is uh, the uh, fake marriage to Selma that boosts his career. It has the uh, ch- um, Planet of the Apes, the musical. <laughs> Chimpanzee to chimpanzee. Uh, there's, I think, I think there's a oral history of a fish called Selma. Uh, that, oh man, uh, oral history of fish that. called Selma, uh, and it's really, really good. They talk about it. Actually, might have been just the uh, Planet of the Apes. Yeah, it's on. Uh, Vulture had it, 
the Planet of the Apes the musical, an oral history. So uh, check that out. I'll send a link to you, Eric, if you want to include it in the show notes. Absolutely. It has will. killer staining. It has the most uh, Troy McClure, uh, you might remember me lines. It's just a really, really <laughs> good performance. Uh, his uh, his um, bit as Style Landley, the monorail guy, also really good. Um, but I'm also just a fan of all of the random uh, Troy McClure bits uh, kind of throughout. Oh, yeah. Even in small doses, it, it works really well. Just a, a super cut of all the, you might remember me from such film. Yeah. Films, you know, like Alice Through the Windshield. <laughs> Was that the one? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, there's, um, see if I, I'm trying to remember how I can do off the top of my head. Uh, designated Drivers Lifesaving Nerds, I think is the name of one. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, in Lisa the Vegetarian, he does the, I forget what the name actually was, but it was the, from the Meat Council. Oh, Uh, yeah. Um, uh, God, uh, don't let the name fool you. It's more of a loose grading. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a classic. And then uh, there's also a subtle thing in there where he's, he's like, ha ha, Billy, he's patting him on the head, and he's like, "You're hurting me." <laughs> that that always gets all the little, like the little tiny things, always like cracking up in the Simpsons. Classic and, Simpsons and it is designated it. drivers, life saving nerds, just uh, one of my <laughs> favorite. So, uh, yeah, I know Craig, you and I seat eye to eye, and I'm looking forward to the, the regular question as long as you keep it pre season ten, because otherwise, I'm no help. Nice. Second question is for you. Another trivia question for you. I'm getting left off the hook. Although uh, I got the Sandy Koufax not on the list of top left-handers questions, so. right? Exactly. Yeah. And I, I like one of the, it was going back to real quick. I hesitated saying Sandy Koufax. I'm like, I bet you would have said non-Koufax otherwise too. Uh, and I and I knew the yeah. early years definitely tanked sort of the overall career numbers. But I thought for sure he could beat JP Hal, but I was wrong. To be fair, I should have offered you the chance to guess Kershaw and not say anything. Just. <laughs> You know, to give you that, like I, I, I assume too much there. I should have, I should have done that. There are twenty-seven members of the five hundred home run club. Eric, can you name the last five to join? One hint is A. Rod was the player who joined right before the last five. Also, so, he has a follow-up uh, question after you yeah. answer. Um, I thought about this because when he said A. Rod. I couldn't remember exactly when A-Rod joined, and I didn't look it up. Um, so I was really struggling with this. Uh, but I have some guesses. Don't tell me I'm uh, if I'm wrong until the end. But Manny Ramirez, David Ortiz, Albert Pujols, and Jim Tomey were the ones I came up with. And I think it might be a timing thing with A-Rod um, as to why I'm struggling on the, four, the fifth. Um, I was like Miguel Cabrera's closing in, but he's not there. I know that. Um, for the life of me, I can't. I am completely blanking on like other other recent ones, and so maybe it's just a thing of like maybe someone got there just after a rod or something that I'm just completely blanking on. So yeah, I, I'm only guessing those four and I'm, I'm stumped at the rest. So you, to, to reiterate, you said, uh, Tommy, Manny, uh, Pujols and Ortiz. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Uh, Gary Sheffield is who you're missing. Uh, okay. And was he the first one? Did he even say when? Or... He did not. 
Okay, but that, that makes sense because I, I knew I was like had a blind spot there, but I couldn't think of it. That's a good question. The follow-up question, is Mike Trout more likely to join instead of anyone else with more than 250 career home runs? So he's at 285. Um, um, so, well, wait, instead of – is he saying – so, like, because Miguel Cabrera is at 471, and even though he's, like, barely I, doing – I have like him at 477. Days, okay, that makes sense. Um yeah, but, so but, he's gonna. Uh, if, saying, if we don't have baseball saying, for a year or two, <laughs> uh, okay, I guess. So is is he? Okay, I I think Cabrera. I think is like that's the main the, question. The most likely. Looking, yeah, looking at the list, it's you, the question is it's him or Miggy. It does make can Miggy crank twenty three out before uh, retirement comes his way? I think so. Uh, just like we've seen, like he holes the last few years, like just. He could be really bad, but also still crank out the occasional home run. So, like, I think Adrian Gilbert did still got stop a to and go. probably could have, you know, he probably could have acted out if yeah. he wanted to. So, that's true. Yeah, it's probably up to to Miggy. So, yep. Uh, next question. I must have listened to music a bit more recently just to cut out the noise from the news and social media. Have either of you found any new artists that you have begun to listen to lately? You want okay? I was gonna say I. I'm ashamed to admit this. I had not really ever listened to John Prine before, mm. uh, like news of his like getting sick and then ultimately dying. Uh, I listened to quite a bit of him last week after that, and it's wonderful. Um, first of all, and I was like, why didn't I listen to certain? I, I mean, I go through stretches where I just don't listen to a lot of music, I guess. But yeah, um, I'll do that. Like, um, just go on a run of like. Uh, I think I just went on Spotify and probably listened to like 20 different songs of his. I I did a little Bill Withers deep dive after he died. I hate that it's always like, hey, this guy died. Let's go listen to his stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, it, it kind of happens. I just or if someone's in the news. And that, but I listened to uh, a bunch of Tom Petty last week. But I'm mostly a podcast person in terms of like um, keeping myself occupied with audio. But there are times when like I want to just like just hear music and then I'll just go to the, the classics like uh, either like some U2 or Springsteen or Petty. Uh, but then also like it could just be, could be some random, uh, not random, but like a, a compilation list of like just eighties or nineties or it, almost anything or, you know, anything that sort of strikes my mind. And then uh, I'll, I'll try to listen to that. Uh, not really due to uh, being quarantined. I've been listening to a lot of uh, instrumental music, whether it's uh, jazz or classical or uh, video game soundtracks. I'm really in the video game soundtracks, as oh, nice. as that sounds. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily call any of those out. The Hollow Knight soundtrack for any other video game nerds is really, really good. In terms of, but right around the same time, I have uh, just to make sure I'm listening to some actual artists. Um, Available on both, both of these artists are available on Bandcamp, and I encourage everyone to check them out. Uh, Beach Bunny, which is a Illinois-based, I don't know, like girl pop kind of, kind of rock and roll thing going on, and then yeah. Courtney Marie Andrews out of Phoenix, Arizona, as uh, Americana senior songwriter, country music, uh, really, really, really good. Probably my favorite artist that I've discovered through the over the last five or so years. Uh, she has a new record coming out in June. Encourage everyone to listen to that. 
Do you um, have you ever listened to or heard of the podcast? How did this get played? Uh, it's about video games on Earwolf. I have heard of it, but I have not listened to it. So the name is an offshoot of how did this get made the, about movies mm-hmm. and stuff. But um, the one of the hosts of it, uh, well, they're both like comedians uh, or comedic writers. Uh, one of the hosts is Nick Weiger, who is a co-host of Doughboys, which is like one of my absolute favorite podcasts about chain restaurants. Um, but he worked uh, before he was a comedy writer. He worked uh, a little bit in uh, video game uh, development. And he like they play a lot of just uh, obscure games on this show and they bring on someone to talk about it and stuff. They have a, it's a fun show and I, I don't really play video games, but I, I just enjoy the podcast, even though like I'm not really playing along with them, but he mentions a lot um, of like, like uh, video game um, soundtracks or he'll recognize something. Oh, that sounds like, you know, what they used in X, Y, Z game or whatever back then. I was like, so he has a pretty nice, like knowledge about that kind of stuff. And it's something like, I, you know, I would, I'm sure I've heard many of these like songs or little eight bit things or whatever, but uh, I didn't know what they were. And like, he's, he has a lot of knowledge in that area. So I sort of enjoy that. I'll have to listen to that. I, I'm very selective when it comes to my podcast listening, just yeah. like hard for me to focus on them, but that sounds right up yeah. my alley. Yep. Eric, Craig knows you've been writing about daily Clayton Kershaw starts, and he wanted to know if you've noticed anything uh, in reviewing these games that surprised you. So the uh, <laughs> mask off, the conceit of this was ma- mainly to try to figure out something to make make sure I had something up on the site at least once a day um, in case, like, you know, certain days where the creativity is not flowing and you just can't think of other stuff to write about. Um, I want to make sure it's just sort of a, uh, it's not quite replacing like a game recap and game prep stuff, but it kind of is like in that sort of daily discipline. So yeah, um, I organized every Clayton Kershaw start by, um, uh, date, uh, like every April 2nd start, every April 3rd start, etc. There's like, uh, he, he probably has been like 90% of the days in season. So it really cr- makes for like a lot of easy like posts every day. Um, the thing that surprised me, I I didn't look a lot ahead in this. I mean, I have an idea of when he did certain things, but like when I first made the list and I sorted it by date, I sort of logged through to. I have it in like a Google Doc or Google Sheet, and um, uh, I wanted to see about uh, which if there were any dates that had like a just a ton of starts. And one of them is this week. Uh, I, I'm sure it'll be posted by the time this podcast comes out. He has five career starts on April 15th, but he actually has a few dates uh, with more starts. And the one that's thing that stood out to me, and like I think I posted this in the comments a couple weeks ago, uh, because I, I said like I could post this now because no one's going to remember uh, when we get to this, and maybe we'll have baseball back then, so I'll stop doing it. Um, but September 24th, uh, he's made seven starts. That's his most prolific day. Um, not only that, but he's 7-0 and in those starts. Not just the Dodgers, 7-0. He won. He got the win in all seven games, and he has a 221 ERA. He was pretty dominant. One of them uh, was a division clincher uh, on that date. But, uh, yeah, it's so that's the thing that sort of stood out to me. I, I, for, uh, I purposely didn't want to, like, <clears throat> look too much ahead to like ruin things. Um, 
but my general thing is like try to put the start in some sort of historical context each day and then look back and see what I wrote uh, or uh, or Craig or Dave or uh, Ryan or Blake or whoever wrote uh, in the game recap uh, on True Blue LA during that time to see if there was any other things going on. And then that's kind of it. And then uh, it's a pretty, it's been a pretty like fulfilling post for me at least. I hope it's been fun to read. Yeah, look forward to this week. <laughs> There's a nice five-star day coming up and it's pretty exciting. If you make one pot dish like jambalaya or chili, you pretty much have to eat that itself for the rest of your leftovers. Same's not true if you cook a protein by itself. If you roast a chicken, you can make a soup or something else with the leftover meat. Are you two doing something similar for the now endless bounty of home cooking? <laughs> um, I'm asking a lot of usual, which is a little weird because I'm like home the same amount, except, well, not the same amount because I would be going to baseball games uh, if things were normal, but I'm, it's like, it's like, in off season, it's extended right now for me. Um, but so I, I've been uh, more proactive in terms of just cooking at home, and in doing that, like just been like experimenting with things. And I did make jambalaya. I bought a bunch of shrimp um, uh, last week, and my plan was I I might get to it tonight. I might wait till uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, but I'm going to peel the shrimp and then. I think I'm making at least shrimp tacos this week. I might make jambalaya later, but what I'm going to do with the with the shells is make a shrimp stock, which I've never made. Hmm. It, it's fairly simple, um, but I'm going to do that, and hopefully that'll enhance the flavor of probably the jambalaya that I make later in the week. So, trying to get creative with things like that. Um, yeah, that's 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 sort of my my culinary uh, plan this week. Melissa has been doing a lot of the cooking, um, more so than usual. I just sort of, I, I think of a, a way for her to uh, escape and focus some creative energies, which I have been yeah. a great recipient to. But in general, huh. we're, our menus have not changed that much. We've historically bought a lot of chicken breasts, frozen them and sous vide them, and made a lot of meals around that broccoli, lettuce, yep. and sweet potatoes. And it's kind of kind of stayed the same. A lot of this also has to do with a lot of would-be batched meals for us are a little bit more on either the acidic or spicy side, like chili. And mm -hmm. with Melissa being pregnant, spicy foods have not been appealing to her at all. So yeah. we we did we made no chili over this winter, which was a, a bit oh. of a bummer. But you know, whatever. I suppose she can <laughs> uh, assert her uh, her desires for you know having a kid. Yeah, I, I've been doing pretty good, and in, in terms of like not going out, I did go out today to get um, my some prescriptions um, at CVS. And when I was there, uh, I happened to check if they just in case they had it, and I bought, um, I believe it was like olive oil and like Pam and just some ancillary groceries <laughs> that I needed, like in the interim. But yeah, for, for the most part, been like trying to go like every two weeks to the grocery store, and so. Um, still and still like making room to like have enough vegetables and stuff on hand to like make things and it's it's worked out okay so far like i cooked i think like four straight days last week and i have a bunch of leftovers still in my fridge now um and i I'm, i know i'm gonna make like the shrimp tacos probably like tomorrow so I, i'm pretty set in terms of like stuff to eat i do the same thing i'm by myself so it's a little might be a little different but i i do i freeze a lot of stuff 
and uh, try to freeze it like like at most like uh, either two pork chops in a in a little Ziploc bag or two chicken thighs or chicken breasts or maybe if it's big just one chicken breast and like just take it out as I need it you know um, some ground mm-hmm. beefs in there too I try to like put that in a very small like package so or a very small amount just so I don't like overeat I guess or or like, try to or make too much and then like make it go to waste or something so i've been pretty diligent on that um i i've checked i haven't lost like a ton of weight i've lost some i could feel it like in my 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 shorts i won't say pants because i've only worn <laughs> pants like one time in the last two months and that's like the 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 small upside of this whole thing uh but uh, is, is the loungewear i guess um but yeah like it has been fun to like sort of cook and i've been more proactive uh about like you know like cleaning you know like is to, to cook all the time you have to make sure like you have like the dishes and like i don't have the food network test kitchen so uh i don't i can't just make like four pots of something and then oh there's like eight more that i can grab i have to like clean stuff to make stuff the next night so i know this sounds like you idiot you're an adult you should be doing that already but like you know sometimes it's like i, I haven't let i haven't let the dishes like pile up um like i may have in the past so that's been a sort of another positive thing about this uh is being a little more on point in that regard well i think that's the episode i like it um yeah so hopefully uh we'll find something to distract us this week and and give us fresh sweet content for next week but uh stay safe everybody uh hope you're um making the best of your circumstances and we will talk to you next week.